Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Morning, great to have you with us. Welcome to all of our E-Roads family, all of you watching online. My name's Chad, my wife Dawn and I are the lead pastors here at the Rhodes Church. And what an incredible day it is for us, a unique day, uh, getting to have church, you know, preaching into an empty room, but being able to reach into more rooms than we've ever been able to reach into before. Our vision here at the church is to connect people with Jesus from all roads of life. So even if we're not able to gather together physically this morning, we still want to use every means necessary that we have at our disposal to connect you with Jesus from whatever road of life you're on, whatever you're fi- wherever you find yourself, however, wherever your life is, is going right now. We just want to connect you to Jesus because he is the one that will change your life forever. He is the hope for the world, so we want to connect you with him. Currently, in our situation, we're facing some incredible things. And so I I just want to start out, before we go into the message, I just want to start out in prayer. Father, I just lean into your voice. We do seek your face. Lord, as a nation around the world, we pray, Lord, that you will continue to move in power and in might. We thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. We repent and we stand before our nation saying, God, we choose you. Lord, your word says that when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. So we just pray that righteousness will rule in our nation and in our world. So we thank you, Lord, that coronavirus is coming into contact with the presence of the living God and that coronavirus is going to go down. It will be defeated by the blood of Jesus. So we thank you, Lord, for peace being released now. Peace released into every screen, every, every person watching, every person listening. I pray peace over their life. Shalom, destroying the authority attached to chaos. Thank you, Lord, for the name of Jesus that is above every name that is named. And we release it now in that precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, we are facing a situation in our world that I know I've never seen before in my lifetime. Uh, fear of the unknown is gripping the hearts of people all around the world as they look for answers. You know, people are concerned about their health and the health of their loved ones, and people are losing their jobs, and the economy is taking a massive hit. Students are out of school and have missed great opportunities, both ac- athletically and academically. We've got people in situations where uh, businesses are shut down, churches are shut down, people, healthcare workers are facing challenges like they've never seen before. Here's what I know. We are, we are in the midst of unprecedented times, but I've learned this in my life, and I want to encourage you with this. Anytime we are facing an unprecedented difficulty in our lives, it only means we are positioned for an unprecedented deliverance. Anytime we are faced with difficulties that we've never seen before, challenges that we've never seen before, it only means we are set up to experience a deliverance that we've never seen before. And I want to encourage you as you're watching today that the deliverance is going to outshine the difficulty. Whatever's happened, the magnitude of what's going on in, in your life, the difficulties that, are, that we are facing, the deliverance from God is going to outshine the difficulties that have come upon the earth in our time. So I just want to encourage you. Paul wrote this in Romans chapter 8, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. 
I'm expecting the glory of God, the power of God to be on display in this, in this time, in this hour, in our world around us in ways like it's never been before. So I encourage you, be filled with hope today. In the midst of confusion and uncertainty, be filled with hope. That although we've never seen this before in our lives, we are, we are getting ready to experience something we've never seen before as well. In times like this, we have two choices. Because there's a question we have to answer when we face any type of adversity in our life. How are we going to respond? Anytime we're facing any adversity, whether it's coronavirus or something else, we're going to have to answer this kind of question. How are we going to respond? I believe we're going to respond one of two ways. We can either choose to be overwhelmed or we can choose to overcome. No matter what adversity it is, we're going to face adversity in our life. We've got two choices. Are we going to do over, be overwhelmed or are we going to choose to be, to be overcomers? I want you to say out loud the title of my talk today. It's just three words. So if you're watching by yourself, you can say it to yourself. If you're watching with someone, I want you to turn to them with a bold look on your face and give them the title of our talk today. Look at them and say, we will overcome. We will overcome. We will overcome. Right now, more than ever, we need to hear a word from God. And at the Rhodes Church, we believe the Bible is God's inspired word. So every time we open it up, we get excited because we're expecting God to speak to us, to say something to us. So I, even though we're not gathering together this morning, even though we aren't in the same room, I want you, if you have your Bibles today, let's make some noise as we open them up to Numbers chapter 13. Woo! Numbers 13. Yes! Remind that person next to you again, tell them, we will overcome. We will overcome. We will overcome. Numbers chapter 13, just a little bit of backstory. The children of Israel had just come out of 400 years of slavery in Egypt. They escaped the bondage after 10 plagues and through the parting of the Red Sea, they finally come to the promised land. And so here we find ourselves in Numbers chapter 13 as they get ready to come to the promised land. And it says in verse 1, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. Notice the language. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. So the Lord gives some instructions to go spy out the land. And in the instruction, he says, I want you to send one leader from each of the tribes of Israel. So 12 people total are sent out, but he says, I want them to be, he specifies who he wants them to send. Not, not just sending anybody. I want you to send a leader. And that word leader means this. It means an exalted one, a chief, a captain. It means to rise up, someone risen to a place of authority and influence, a person of influence. So who was God sending? He was sending to spy out the land people of influence, a leader. Leadership is not about a position. Leadership is not about a title. Leadership is about influence. You can give someone a title. You can give them a position all day long, and that doesn't make them a leader. We are all called to be leaders because we are all called to be influencers. We are influencers. You have influence to offer. You have influence to give. Leadership means you have something on the inside of you that you have to give to others to make a difference in the world around, of you, around you. You are an influencer, and this is who God chose to send. We're supposed to influence the negative atmosphere around us, not be influenced by the negative atmosphere around us. We're called to be thermostats, not thermometers. 
We're supposed to change the area around us. We're supposed to have an impact and influence people and their thoughts and their feelings. We're supposed to make a difference in the world, not it make a difference on us. So I encourage you to be an influencer. You're called to be a leader. Some are going to influence more people than others, but either way, you are an influencer in your house, in your job, in your school, wherever. Your circle of influence, you need to be an influencer and not just an influencee. So now he sent out these leaders. He sent out these people of influence. The question is, which way will they influence? Let's look in verse 17. It says, then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. He said to them, go up this way into the south and go up into the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak or few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, or whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. And now the time was the season of the first grape, first ripe grapes. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever had a time in your life where someone gave you instructions and you missed some important details? Like somebody gave you some specific instructions and you kind of filtered through what they said. You know like you're talking to someone and they, they rattle off some instructions to you. Maybe you're listening to your parents or you're maybe listening to your teacher. You're maybe listening to your boss, whoever. And they give you a bunch of instructions, bam, 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 bam. And you kind of, maybe even subconsciously, filter through all those instructions and you pull out certain points that you want to listen to. And you kind of just let some of them go by the wayside. That's what I believe happened. Moses gave them instructions to the spies and he said, when you go into this promised land, here's what I want you to do. Basically, I want you to check out the land. I want you to check out the people and I want you to check out the cities. Be of good courage and bring back some grapes. Now, here's what I noticed. Of all the things, all the instructions that they were given, they forgot and overlooked the four most important words of his instructions. They heard in their mind, because you'll find out later that they, they remember this part. They said, okay, they brought back word about the people, brought back word about the cities, brought back <clears throat> word about the land, but they forgot the, most, the four most important words of the instructions. Be of good courage. That was not accidental that, that God gave him those instructions. Be of good courage. What does it mean? The words be of good courage is a Hebrew word that means to fasten upon, to seize, to be strong, to summon strength, or to call upon it. What does that mean? You don't just hope courage shows up or you ask permission from your circumstances for, it, for a hope to be there. You call upon it. You seize it. You summon it. He was telling them, be of good courage. That means you and I have to summon courage. You got to call upon it. That means it's there. You got to call it up. You got to say, hey, courage, come on. Come to the surface. Rise up. When he said, be of good courage, he wasn't saying, go in there and see if you feel courageous. Go in there and see what the circumstances are like and then decide if you want to be. He said, be of good courage. In other words, when you face difficulty, when you face adversity, I want you to call up courage. Summon it. Grab hold of it with a firm grip. That's what be of good courage means. The word courage, according to Webster, just means this, mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, and difficulty. Notice what courage means according to Webster. That means to actually persevere and withstand danger, fear, and difficulty. So in the absence of danger, fear, and difficulty, courage is not needed. 
In the absence of danger, fear, and difficulty, we don't need courage. Why are we thinking we can be courageous without danger, fear, and difficulty? They go together. You can't even define courage without danger, fear, and difficulty. You can't even define it. But in our world, we think we're going to be courageous as long as we don't have any danger, fear, or difficulty. But that's not what he's talking about. The absence of danger, fear, and difficulty does not equal courage. It's not that, you know what, if you can take all the danger, all the fear, all the difficulty out of my life, I will be left with courage. That's not how it works. It's only courageous when in the presence of danger, fear, or difficulty, you keep moving forward. That's courageous. That's what God's called us to be, and that's what he told him in the scripture. And God knew what was coming. Why did he tell him ahead of time? Because he knew what was coming. He was preparing them for what they were going to see, not hoping they would not see what was there. He was preparing. He said, be of good courage because you're going to go in the land. You're going to see some stuff. You're going to hear some stuff. You're going to feel some stuff. So be of good courage on the front end. That's what God's telling you in your life. He's trying to tell you, don't be courageous because you're not going to have any danger, fear, or difficulty in your life. He's telling all of us, danger, fear, and difficulty is going to be there in our life. We're going to see it. We're going to hear it. We're going to feel it. And when you see it, hear it, and feel it, be of good courage. Summon it up. Call it up. Don't don't think we're going to be courageous because we don't have problems. That's not what God called us to do. Look what it says here in Psalm chapter 31, verse 24. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. So this is the instructions he gave him. Be of good courage. Did they remember that part? Let's see. Verse 27. They come back after being gone for 40 days on this little spy journey they had. Here's the report that they brought back in verse 27. Then they told him and they said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land, in the land, they're strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and above the banks of the Jordan. Notice what they said when they came back. They said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. It truly does. In other words, they were saying, hey, everything that God said about this land, it is legit. It's true. Moses, everything you said, it's true. And then they put in one word, they, and he brought back the fruit. So they, they told him about the land. Remember, they're supposed to spot, tell him about the land, about the people, about the cities. They told him about, about all that, and they remembered the instructions to bring him back the fruit, but they forgot the four big words, be of good courage, because they said one word, nevertheless. Nevertheless. They said, hey, everything you said about the land, it's true. Nevertheless, this is also true. So look what they said. It's also true. The word nevertheless is a conjunction that goes between two opposing thoughts or positions. So you have two things that are opposite of one another. So what God said was true, they said, but this is also true, that the land was, was uh, filled with all these other people and these giants are there, and all of that is true. Here's what I know about life. We will often be faced with two opposing facts that are both true. The question is, which one is going to be the truth that defines our actions? In life, we're going to face things where two opposing facts are both going to appear true. We have to decide which one of those facts that are true are we going to accept as our truth and let that define our actions. You can have two things that are true 
And then you and I, we have to decide which one's going to be my truth that my actions are going to be based upon. And this is what happens with the word nevertheless. See, God had already told them in Exodus chapter 13. He said, he, he said hey, I'm giving you this land flowing with milk and honey. And it's a land that the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, they're already there. He already told them on the jump. He said, hey, all these people are going to be there. So God said it is occupied now. It has current residence. Nevertheless, I'm giving it to you. Whatever is after the word nevertheless supersedes and cancels out what was in front of it. This is how it works. Notice what they said. It's true. Everything that God said about the land is true. Nevertheless, when you say the word nevertheless, everything that's before it is canceled out by what is said after it. It's like in our language, we would say, but we don't say nevertheless very often, but we say, but so you could say, they said, Hey God, everything you said is true about this, but it's also true that there's a big opposition difficulty. So where we place the nevertheless determines which position we're going to believe in and what our actions are are going to be based on. So here's the question I have for you. Which side of nevertheless is the coronavirus or any other difficult situation going to be in your life? Which side of the nevertheless are you going to put it on? Is it going to be this way? Is it going to be, well, God's word says this about my situation. Nevertheless, the situation just looks too difficult and I don't see how it can happen like God says it will. What you, the fear and the uncertainty of what you put afterwards cancels out what you said in the first part. Or are we going to say it this way? The situation looks difficult and I don't see how it can happen like God says. Nevertheless, I choose to believe what God says. Which side of the nevertheless are you going to put your fear on? Which side of the nevertheless are you going to put your difficult situation on? Because I'm telling you this, coronavirus has come and the coronavirus will go, but difficult situations will not. They're going to be here. We are prepared not just to get through coronavirus. We are prepared by God to get through any difficulty that we're going to face in life. I'm not prepared just to get through a virus. I want to be prepared for much more than that. You're not prepared just for unemployment. You're not prepared just to get through the adversity you're facing right now, through marriage difficulties, through emotional difficulties. You're prepared for much more than that. But it deter it's based on which side of the nevertheless you're going to put your difficulty. It's going to be, well, God told me this. He promises me this. The Bible says this, but I just don't see how it's going to happen. I just don't see how it's going to work out. That but is going to cancel out your faith. You have to say, hey, I recognize coronavirus is real. I recognize these are difficult times in the world. I recognize that things are going on in the world that we've never seen before. Nevertheless, I believe God is greater. I believe God's word is true. I believe we're overcomers through him. This is what we have to put in our hearts. So now let's look at go on first and see what he says in, in verse 30. So then, quiet, uh, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they're stronger than we than we are. And they, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone, spies, is a land that devours its inhabitants. Notice the fear language. It devours the inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in theirs. Now notice what happened. Twelve spies going to Egypt, right? Caleb speaks and tells the people, let's go. We are well able. 
That's what came out of Caleb's mouth. He's like, let's go, let's do it. He's pumped, he's ready. Joshua's with him, so we got two of them that are ready to go. And then the 10 spies come out, and they say, oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. (laughs) We are not able. We are so not able. There's no way we can do it. They are much stronger than us. They're bigger than us. This is going to be way too difficult for us. We are not able. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what you need to know about the 10 spies. They were speaking the truth. You know how they were speaking the truth? When they said we are not able, they were speaking the truth because we are not able on our own. But I'm telling you, I'm not wanting to do this world by myself. I'm not wanting to go through things on my own. My Bible says that he who is with me is greater than he that's in the world. That I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So that if God is with me, I'm I'm not working on my own ability. I'm working on God's ability. They forgot the God factor. And that's what's happening in our world and world around us. People are saying, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I don't know. We can't do it. We can't make it. I know we can't on our own, but we have God on our side. Let me ask you this. Have you ever heard of these mighty men of God? I'm going to shoot out, shoot out some names for you. Have you ever heard of these mighty people? Maybe you're not familiar with the Bible, but, but I'm going to shoot out some names. Maybe you might be familiar with them. Shemua, Shaphat, Ilgal, Palti. Come on, these are famous names, right? Gadiel, Gadi, Amiel, Sether, Shirley, somebody sound familiar? Nabi, Guel. Have you ever heard of those names? No. You know why you've never heard any of those names? Because they're, they're a part of what I call the grasshopper gang. That's the 10 spies that gave the negative port. That's their names. You know why you've never heard of them? Because people that that are going to cower and fear, those are not people that we need to emulate. Those are not people that God wants us to follow after. You remember Joshua and Caleb because they were two that stood out against ten. See, (laughs) all these ten people, that's the grasshopper gang. Because they said this in verse 33, we are like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were in theirs. Here's what the grasshopper gang will say in your life. This was 83% of the people sent out to spy the land, 83%. I'm not talking about the majority of the people, 83%. When they were faced with adversity, they saw themselves as victims, and so that is the influence that they released. It's important. Remember, God sent out influencers, 83%. When they saw adversity, saw themselves as victims, so that is the influence that they released to those people around them. So we got to ask ourselves this question, what kind of influence are we going to release? Are we going to release, are we going to let the the voice of fear, the voice of panic, the voice of chaos, are we going to let that influence us? Are we going to release a voice of influence that speaks of boldness, of faith, of courage? This is what God's asking us. He's not saying that voice isn't going to be present because how we see ourselves has a huge impact on how we're going to face our difficulty. Do you see yourself in your situation as a victim or do you see it as a victor? We're not victorious because we don't have any opposition. We're not victorious in life because we don't have any opponents. Right now, the NCAA tournament is not being played because of the coronavirus. So no, no tournaments going on. One of my favorite times of year of the year with all the games going on, all the, all the teams 
playing and vying for the championship. So just imagine if they would name a team right now and just call them the national champions. Just pick them out and say, you know what? We're going to say you're the national champion. We're not going to play the tournament. We're just going to call you the national champions. Champions of what? You didn't beat anybody. We're not victorious because we don't have opponents. In the church, too many times, we won't talk about being victorious in theory. I'm victorious in theory. I'm victorious because I have no issues or I have no struggles. No, no, no. You're victorious because you have problems and you overcome them. You're victorious because you face adversity and you say, I'm not going to be stopped. I'm not going to go down. I'm going to keep moving forward. We want to be champions in our life, not because we don't have opponents, but because we have opponents and we keep coming. We coming and we ain't backing down. Not because of ourselves, but because of Christ who lives on the inside of us. Whew. So now, they, how, how do you see yourself matters? Notice all 12 of them saw the same thing. All 12 saw the same thing. But Joseph, or sorry, Joshua and Caleb saw something differently. Not different in what they saw. Come on, this is very important. Not different in what they saw, but how they saw. You can see the exact same thing as someone else and see it differently. Different perspective. And this is what God is calling us to do. That we're not... Play, uh, closing our eyes and turning a blind eye or pretending like things aren't going on in the world. We're not trying to pretend like these aren't difficult times. We're just saying we're going to look at these situations a little bit differently. We're going to see them through God's eyes. And we're going to see hope. We're going to see the future. We're going to see victory. Why? Because Jesus is greater than any of our difficulties. So let me ask you this. See, 10 of these people out of the 12, 10 told it like it was, while two, two of them told, told it like they believed it was going to be. Ten of them told it like it was. Two of them told it like they believed it was going to be. So are you a tell-it-like-you-see-it person, or are you a tell-it-like-God-sees-it person? We're all going to see the same difficulties and challenges in our life. We're all seeing what's going on. We're all seeing what's happening in the world around us. But are you going to tell it like you see it, or are you going to tell it like God sees it? I encourage you, be a person who tells it like God sees it. Telling it like God sees it is not denying the existence of difficulty. It's not lying. It's not pretending. It's telling that God is greater than that, that God is bigger than that. Yeah, I see you. I see what's going on, but I see something bigger than you. I see something stronger than you. This is what God's called us to do. So now look how Caleb handled this in verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses, quieted the people. Why did he quiet him? He quieted him because after the 10 spies came back and told him this uh, news about these giants and all the difficulties, everybody started to panic. It's like, ah, where are we going to get toilet paper? <laughs> panic just rang out. People are running out of hand sanitizer all over the place. It's panic. Pandemonium. So, so Caleb had to quiet the people. He had to quiet the people. Here's an important principle that we need to get in our life. For us to walk in victory, for us to overcome, we have to be able to quiet the noises and the voices of the things around us that are not of God. Two things that Caleb did that are important for you to remember. Number one, he quieted the voices around him. What voices in your life right now do you need to quiet? That word quiet means to hush, make silent. The, some of the voices you need to hush and make silent may be voices in your own head. 
your own thoughts, your own fears, your own, sometimes what people are saying to you. Sometimes you need to hush, just turn to some people, just say, mm. sometimes you need to hush their voice a little bit. When they're talking discouragement and fear and all that going on, you just need, shh, what am I going to do? What's going to happen? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to trust God. We're going to believe God. So remember, we got to quiet some voices. You got to quiet some voices around you. We got to quiet the voices that are of fear, anxiety, and panic. We got to quiet them. Say, no, no, no. We're not pretending you're not there. We're just quieting those voices. Number two, number two, after that, it says, he quieted the voices uh, before people, of, of the people before Moses and said, and said, here's the second thing he did that's important. We first, we quiet the wrong voices. And then he says, and then he said, we got to say something. We got to turn up the volume on the right voices in our life. We turn down the voices of the wrong, uh, uh, turn down the volume of the wrong voices, and we turn up the vo volume of the right voices. In other words, what is God saying about my situation? What's God thinking, saying about my scenario? I need to trust God. I don't need to hear just everything the news is saying. I need to hear the voice of God in my life. I need to hear what God says about my circumstances and my difficulty. So he says he said something. We have to say something. Psalm 107.2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Sometimes we got to say so. Whenever the devil tells you this in your ear, puts fear, panic, and anxiety in your ear, sometimes as a believer, all you got to do is say, so? Let the redeemed the Lord say, so? So what you got, devil? That all you got? I serve the king of kings and lord of lords. He is the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. What, are, what you got compared to him? You got to say so to the verse. You got to release something out of your mouth. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Whenever the voice of the enemy is talking in your ear, you got to say something. Yeah. Quiet the voices of fear, panic, anxiety, and say what God says about your circumstance. I'm giving you a formula on how to walk in overcoming faith. We will overcome. How are we going to overcome? We're going to quiet the wrong voices, and we're going to agree with our mouth with the right voices. Yeah. Amen. Amen. This is what he's saying. So now what did he say? What did he say? When he said something, what did he say? He says right here, let us go up at once. Let us go up. Let us go up. Let us go up. The word go up means to, to move upward, to ascend, or to climb. Here's something very important you need to realize. When overcoming adversity in our life, we're going to have to go up. We're going to have to climb. That's the part that we don't want to hear. We want to, we want to cruise into overcoming. Now, the Bible says you've got to climb into it. He said, let us go up. Here's what John Maxwell says, everything worthwhile in life, everything you want, everything you desire to achieve, everything you want to receive is uphill. Yeah. The problem is that most of us have uphill dreams and downhill habits. Yeah. You want to overcome? You want to possess something new in your life? We have to, in order to reach new heights in our life, we're going to have to be willing to climb uphill. You want to make advances, go to new heights in your thinking, new heights in your family, in your relationships, you got to climb. He said, let's go up. You got to go up. It's going to be an uphill deal. We got to go after. We got to go against the grain. We got to go against the flow, but it's going to be worth it. Our walk with Jesus and success in life in any area, we're going to have to climb. Look at your neighbor and say, go up. You got to go up. You got to go up. The Bible says in Proverbs 24:10, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. The Bible's not telling us we're not going to face a day of adversity. He's telling us when you face a day of adversity, your strength needs to be strong. Needs to be strong. This isn't a condemnation or an insult to say that your strength is small. It's a locator. 
letting you know where you are. And this is what God is saying. Don't we, he said, go up at once. Start now. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for to be overcomers? He says, let's go up at once. Don't wait till we feel better. Don't wait to, to put it off for another day. Make a change today. If you want to overcome what you're facing in life right now, get up and start climbing. Do it at once, Caleb said. Do it at once. Here's what Abraham Lincoln says. Sometimes, how many, how many procrastinators we have watching? Yes, procrastinators? Yes. All of us procrastinators. We're even slow putting up our hand. All right. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln said this, you cannot escape the responsibility of tomorrow by evading it today. Come on, let that sink in. You need to dig out of the hole that you're in in your life right now. Grab a hold of Jesus and start climbing. Just start climbing. He says, we're going to rise up or go up at once and take possession. That word possession means to occupy by driving out the previous tenants and possessing in their plates. Two parts to this important we got to remove, we got to drive out the current occupants and take ownership in its place. In other words, similar to what I was talking about earlier, if we're going to overcome, we got to drive out the wrong thing and occupy it with the right thing. Getting rid of bad habits alone will not cause us to be overcomers. Getting rid of bad thoughts and bad feelings just by themselves will not cause us to be overcomers. We have to replace them, take possession of that area. We have to put something in its place. So if you're going to change your life, two steps. Get the wrong thing out, put the right thing in. I'm going to start listening to God. I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm going to start praying. Get the bad news out and get the good news in. That's the formula for being an overcomer. But notice what he says. Here's what he says, how he sums up his phrase. Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able. Somebody say well able. We are well able to overcome it. That means we have the power, the might, the ability to endure and prevail. We are well able. Here's the message of Caleb, and this is the message that I felt like God wanted to put in my heart to give to you today, that we will overcome. You will overcome with him. Notice what it says, the word overcome means to come over. We are overcoming people. The idea of overcoming means you have something you have to come over. It's not pretending we don't have problems. It's not pretending we don't have adversity. It's just, I have adversity, and I'm going to go over it. I'm not going to go try and go around it. I'm not going to deny its existence. I've got this struggle in my life. I've got this addiction in my life. I've got this hang-up in my life, and I'm going to come over it. That's what it means to be an overcomer. He said, we are well able to overcome. You are well able to overcome this morning if you have Jesus in your life because the ability is in you. It's there. You may be asking, Chad, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to get through the season in my life. I, I don't know. I want to tell you you're able. I want to look at you as clear as I can. You are able to overcome. There's something put on the inside of you from God that's telling you right now, screaming in your heart, you are able. You are able. You may not know how. I don't know how. I don't know how it's going to work in my life. I've just got to believe that the ability is there. Even if I don't know it, even if I don't understand it, even if I've never used it before, that ability is there. This is what Caleb was saying to them. Have any of you ever had to overcome anything in your life? Ever had to come over any challenges? You can't, you, here's what I understood. God spoke this in my heart the other day, and I, I wanted to throw this into my message today. The reason we can overcome today is not because we don't have problems in front of us. Our courage today does not come from the absence of opposition in front of us, 
but rather from the presence of his faithfulness behind us. Come on, let me, let me say it again. Our courage today does not come from the absence of opposition in front of us, but our courage comes from the presence of his deliverance behind us. That God's done something in our life before. Here's the principle we need to put into our practice. I can have courage today, not because there's nothing in my life. What brings me courage today is because what God has done before in my life prior to. It's the story of David and Goliath. When David goes to Goliath and, and he's, t- or he's talking to Saul about taking on Goliath, he tells him this. He said, hey, Uh, uh, the same God who delivered the lion and the bear into my hand is going to deliver this giant into my hand. What happened? The faithfulness of God in his life before brought him to a place of courage to face what he's facing today. So I'm just telling you, think back in your life on times where God's brought you through something, when God's brought you through adversity, something you never thought you'd get through, something you didn't know how you'd get through, didn't know how you'd overcome it, but you did it. Here you are. The same God who brought you through that is the same God that's going to bring you through this. The faithfulness of God in my life, of the history of my life, is going to keep bringing me courage for today. Now here's something we have to remember. What happened after... After Moses, after these people said, we can't do it, so then now God said, okay, you can't go in, you can't take the promised land, you're not going, you can't overcome, then the people felt bad. They realized they screwed up. The 10 spies said, oh, okay, wait a minute, I'm sorry, we're in trouble because God said, now you've got to wander in the wilderness. And, and so they said, okay, never mind, we, we, we do want to go. We do want to overcome. We do want to conquer. But look what happens. Here's something we got to remember. We will not overcome without Jesus. I've got to tell you this. I can give you all the, all the encouragement that I can give you. I can tell you how you're an overcomer, overcomer and how you're going to come over situations in your life. But you need to hear this clearly. We, I need to hear this clearly. We will not overcome without him. It's not that I will just pull myself up by my own bootstraps and I'll get through this. No, our strength is not enough. It's not enough. We need Jesus in our life. And here's what he says in Numbers chapter 14. Verse 44, but they presumed to go up to the mountaintop. Nevertheless, neither the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, which represents the presence of God, nor Moses, which represents the Word of God, departed from the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who dwelt in the mountain came down and attacked them and drove them back as far as Hormah. Here's what happened. They thought, okay, we're we're gonna try and overcome this. But God wasn't with them. So they said, we're going to try it ourselves. We're going to do it anyway. And it says they tried to climb up the mountain. And when they tried to climb up the mountain, the enemy pushed them back and drove them right back where they came from. And I want to speak to someone that you feel like you keep trying to climb up the mountain. You keep trying to get out of your difficult situation. You keep trying to overcome. But every time you try to come up, you feel like you keep getting driven back. I'm telling you, it happens to me. Anytime I try and do it on my own, try and do something without God, you need Jesus in your life. We are not going to overcome because we want to overcome. We're going to overcome because the overcoming one is with us and in us. This is what they found out. They found out if we try and do it by ourselves, it's not going to work. We cannot overcome without Jesus in our life. Philippians 4.13 says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ 
who strengthens me. We're facing challenges that some, many of us we've never faced before. Things going on in our world we've never, never heard of before. Never heard of businesses closing down for their schools closing down for the, we never heard of that. How are we going to overcome? How are we going to, I'm telling you, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I don't encourage you that, again, coronavirus is going to come and it's going to go. What God is wanting you to be equipped for and wanting me to be equipped for is not getting out of situations or avoiding situations, avoiding difficulty. We as followers of Jesus, we are not equipped to make sure and avoid problems. <laughs> that's, that's not the gospel. The gospel is that you are equipped to overcome whatever difficulty you're going to face in life. I don't know what it is. The things that you get yourself into, the things that other people get, the way you have control or not, God wants to be with you and pull you through everything. But we've got to trust him. Look what it says. 1 John chapter 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because you want to overcome them. No. You have overcome them because what? Because he who is in you is greater than he who's in the world. 1 John 5, 4 and 5 says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. For whatever is born of God overcomes. So who is he who overcomes the world? Right now, here, the Bible gives us the formula. Who's going to be the ones that overcome? We will overcome. Who are going to be the ones that overcome? The Bible tells us. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. We need to know this. We need to have this in our hearts. We need to know all of you watching online, wherever you're watching this from or wherever you're listening, maybe you're listening on podcast or or rebroadcast, rebroadcast, whenever it is, you need to know this. The only ones that's going to overcome in this world, I mean truly overcome, are those who've been born of God. Those who made Jesus the Lord of your life because he is the strength. So I want to speak directly to fear, intimidation, where the enemy is trying to paralyze you, put you in a situation where you think, I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. I don't know exactly how it's going to work out either, but I know who is going to cause it to work out. My faith is put in him. That no matter what the enemy does or no matter what happens in the world, no matter what happens politically or or health-wise, our faith has to be unmoved, unshakable, that Jesus is Lord. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. We're releasing our faith. Our faith in what? Our faith in Him. It's not my faith that I won't ever have to walk through anything. That's not the faith that's going to cause us to overcome. The faith that's going to cause us to overcome is the belief that no matter what I have to walk through, behold, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You make a table, you make a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I just want to encourage people today that we will overcome. We will overcome. Now we won't overcome just because we want to, we will overcome because of him. We will overcome because of Jesus. So I just want to give you an opportunity to receive ministry and receive prayer. I want to pray for those that are watching that you're in a place right now and you're, you're saying, Chad, I, I, am feel, I am freaking out right now. It's okay. I want to pray for those that have, already, that have contracted the coronavirus. You're not less than. 
You are not to be uh, ashamed. You're not to be condemned just because you got sick. I'm telling you, that's not the, the condition of your life. Who you are is not identified by what's happened to you. Who you are is what's is identified by what God says about you. So whether you've gotten sick, whether you're infected, whether you're on isolation right now, whether you've lost your job, whether, whether you're afraid to even go somewhere, it doesn't matter. No one's here to condemn you. It's here to give you direction and tell you you can overcome through Jesus. He is our victory. He is our hope. He is the one that we put our trust in. So I want to pray for you right now. As you're watching, I want you to just remember what Caleb said. He quieted the voices, and then he said something. Some of you need to quiet some voices of fear, anxiety, and panic. You need to quiet those voices. And you need to say what the Lord says. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So just right where you are, maybe in your home, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. But if wherever you're listening to this, wherever you're watching this, I want you to pray right now and I want you to open up your heart to Jesus because my prayer is that the Holy Spirit is going to come right into your living room, right into your wherever you are. He's going to come through that screen, come through the podcast, the presence of God. Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now in Jesus' name that everyone watching or listening to this encounters you. Folks, you're not here for me. I'm not going to change your life. I need Jesus just like you do. We're here for him. So I just release the power of the Holy Spirit to touch your heart. I release peace in this region. I release peace over the state of Illinois. Peace over the nation of the United States of America. Peace around the world. Jesus said, my peace I leave, leave with you. Not as the world gives. Just receive that peace. Yeah, but how, but when, but what? I don't know, I don't know. No. Don't get caught up. Don't get caught up trying to figure out details. Concentrate on the voice of who you're grabbing hold of. That it's not the absence of fear, difficulty, and adversity that causes us to have courage. No, no, no. Be of good courage. Be of good courage. The peace of God is going to comfort you. The peace of God is going to show you how to navigate these next steps in your life. But here's the thing you have to know. You cannot, I cannot receive this peace and have courage without Jesus. The Bible said, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. So if you're watching or listening to this and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, maybe you go to church, maybe you have had a relationship with God, but right now you, you don't seem to have any type of life-giving relationship. Nothing's alive in you. Right now, I want to I give you an opportunity to accept Jesus into your life. Without Him, nothing's possible. But with Him, all things are possible. So if you'd like to accept Jesus into your heart, I want to lead you in a prayer. Because I want you to receive the overcoming power of God in your life. I want you to not just be assured of heaven. Christianity is not just about praying a prayer so that we can avoid problems until Jesus comes back. No, about getting born again is so that the power of God comes into your life that no matter what difficulty you face, he will cause you to overcome. He will give you the strength. He will give you the power to endure trials and temptations and difficulties. We're going to have them. We are courageous. Not because of the absence of difficulty, but absolutely because of its presence 
our courage is revealed. So will you pray this with me? If you want to ask Jesus to come into your life, there's no magic in the words. It's just your heart. You're not saying it to Chad. You're not saying it to the Rhodes Church. You're, you're saying it to Jesus who died on the cross for you. He shed his blood on the cross, paying the price for your sin, for my sin. We are dead in sin without Christ. So will you submit your heart to him and allow Jesus to take over your heart, to take over your life? Say these words with me. Just say, Father in heaven, I believe that Jesus died on the cross in my place for my sin. Today I repent and I receive your forgiveness. I ask you to come into my life and be my Lord, be my Savior. I choose you because you chose me. I believe that I can overcome through you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. I am an overcomer in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer today, our heart is not for you just to pray a prayer and go on with your life because our walk with Jesus is about much more than just a prayer. We wanna connect you with Jesus. So if you do me a favor, take out your phone and I want you to text to this number, 618-243-0900. Just text one word, new life, new life. That's to say that you made Jesus the Lord of your life and then we're gonna send you something for you to take the next steps and follow through with, what do I do now? Maybe I need to be water baptized. Maybe I, maybe I need to take the next step and receive the power of God in my life. I, whatever it is, we want you to take those steps in your relationship with God so that you can grow and begin to develop the strength that God's given you because you are an overcomer. So I wanna take a moment and pray for our nation and pray for you that are watching that's dealing with fear, maybe you're dealing with insecurities. I also wanna pray for those maybe needing healing in your body. Got some words of knowledge I just wanna release over the screen for those of you that may be dealing with something in your life. We prayed and we've been praying for people to be healed and, and I wanna share this testimony to maybe stir your faith before we go. This came from a member of our church that over a year ago, they had a detachment in their eye which caused a slight retinal tear. They completely lost vision in that eye for a few minutes and then it was very cloudy and full of floaters. The doctor did laser treatment on the tear but the floaters remained and he said it could take months for them to clear. They did to a certain degree but I still had one big annoying floater that would cause me to blink a lot when I tried to read or focus on something small. In one of our church services, a word of knowledge was given for floaters in the eye. Over this past week, my floater that I was starting to think was my friend for life has slowly almost disappeared. I'm believing in a few more days it will completely be gone. Thank you, Jesus. Now this is something where God wants to heal in your life, and we're praying for that, we're believing for that. I'm gonna pray here in just a moment. If you need healing in your life, I'm believing you can receive it right now through the screen, right wherever you're sitting. It's not my presence, it's God's presence that's gonna heal you. It doesn't matter where you are, it's not a geographical thing. It's the beauty of what's happening. I'm telling you this, I'm encouraged, just inspired even by the Holy Spirit right now. What's happening in the world around us is not paralyzing the church. 
It is propelling the church. It's propelling it forward into areas it's never been before. And I'm telling you, the capital C church is going to reach more people for the kingdom of God than it's ever reached. The gospel is going to be preached to more people. Healing's going to happen to more people. More people are going to encounter the presence of a living God than they've ever encountered before. The enemy is going to rue the day that he tried to stop the church. The God is pushing the church out of the nest and saying, hey, hey, I, I don't want you to focus on one or two days a week in a building. I want you to focus on reaching people every single day around the world. And this is what God is wanting us to do at the Rhodes Church that is emphasizing we are coming out and reaching people like never before. So these words of knowledge, just something where we pray and feel like God speaks into our hearts. So I want to give you some. If you need healing for these, someone dealing with stomach pains and bloating, Right now, I want you to receive that. God wants to heal you. Someone having right foot pain, like needles when you walk. Pain in that right foot. We want to pray for healing for that. Someone dealing with pain in the vertebra part of the neck. Someone with pain in that vertebra part of your neck. We want to pray for healing there. Someone dealing with pain in the right Achilles tendon. Specifically, we want to pray for that. Now, if you need healing for something that we didn't even mention, just, those are just words of knowledge that we gave. It could be anything. But I want us to pray. And I'm going to release peace and overcoming authority through the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the word today. I thank you, Lord, right now that you confirm this word with signs following. <laughs> Jesus, it's all about you. It's all for you. It's all for your glory. It's all for your purposes. So I just release the anointing of the Holy Spirit to heal in every person watching sicknesses. I pray against the coronavirus, God. I thank you for immunizations. I pray for healing to happen in Jesus' name. We, st we pray for the stop of the spread that like breaks, that I pray just a holy breaks put on the progress of the coronavirus by the authority of Jesus, that we are praying, that churches all around the world are praying, and the enemy is no match for the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray for healing of anything sickness and disease, pain, discomfort, whatever you're facing, I just release the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I speak shalom and peace over you. Father, I thank you for our nation. I thank you that we will overcome through you. You are our strength, you are our hope, and you are our purpose. All glory to you in Jesus' name. Listen, we wanna thank you so much for watching we truly release the peace of God into you, into your family, into your homes. Come back, join us. We're going to be releasing content all week long, something for your children. Get on the website, follow us on Facebook and Instagram and, and through our YouTube channel. We're going to be releasing more content to you to connect you to Jesus from all roads of life. We love you. We thank you so much for being a part of our E-Roads family. Be blessed. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.